0: Uh-huh. Thank you, Pastor David. I'm going to go ahead and dive in here. Father God, I want to thank you for your word this morning. I pray, God, you anoint it, bless it, anoint me as your servant in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Um, I'm going to talk to you about a, a topic that actually I was going to minister last week, but uh, we felt that we should go ahead and uh, kind of highlight our VBS, and it was, it was a fun weekend. Um, but, but I hear this question quite often. And I don't know if you ever hear it, Pastor, I just don't feel close to the Lord. Or, Pastor, how can I get closer to the Lord? There are times in my life, can I tell you, I don't feel quite as close to the Lord on certain days that I do other days. And we're going to talk about what causes that, but we're going to talk about how that we can stay close to the Lord. But here's here's what I want to tell you. You will never, ever get close to the Lord if you do not understand worship. I'm going to say that again. You will never, ever get close to the Lord if you do not understand worship. Here's the reason why. Let's go ahead and go to this this phrase here. Worship is how we express our love to God. Now, get this. In order for it to be worship, it must come from a heart of love, and it must be expressed, or it's not worship. So in other words, this morning, if you were here and you lifted your hands to the Lord and you were just doing all this and praising God, but your mind was thinking about everything you got to do for the week, that's not worship. That's just following the crowd. Or if you're here and you have a love for God and you love God with all of your heart and you're not expressing it in any way, maybe just a little, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know. Whatever expressing it is to you, find that. But if you never express it, it's not worship either. In order for us to worship the Lord, we must do it from a loving heart, and it must be expressed. And so I remember growing up in a church. We all grew up in this church. It was a good church. It really was a good church. But I found it to be more of a church that was kind of programming. You know what I mean? Um, the preacher we just stuck to the notes and just read kind of the notes a little bit. Some of them did. And then others didn't do that. But then, and then the, 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 the organist would kind of just get so caught up in trying to read the music so much, there was no room for the Holy Spirit to move. You know what I'm saying? You ever been to know what I'm talking about? Or And also, uh, the song leader, you know, would get up, and, and everything was real programming. And, and turn to him, whatever, 322, and we're going to sing this. And, and they only sing verse 1, 2, and never 4. I don't know why the writer wrote 4. They wasted their time, and go to, or, or 3, but they go to verse 4, right? It's just verse 1, 2, and 4. Forget about 3. They just wasted their time. Now, am I the only one to realize that? Do you all know what I'm talking about? That's kind of programming and it's predictable. You understand. I love the way Pastor Dave today, he didn't have it in his notes, but he just said, I think it's time to sing, I surrender all. And see if we'd have done that in that church, it would have freaked him out. Oh, wait, oh, hey, you can't do that. It's not on the list. And so, and I, it wasn't quite that bad, but, but you know what I'm saying. Have you ever been in a church kind of like that? And so, you know, it was real good church. It was. People loved one another. But they didn't really know how to lovingly express it. If you'd raise your hand, you'd look at you like, mm, what's going on with you? You know? Or if you'd say, hallelujah. Like, Whoa, that, that's definitely not of God. Um, <laughs> But, but I remember, now watch now, but I remember when I finally got saved, a group of kids, a group of young teenagers by the name Bill Dye and his team came and did like a whole youth deal that week. And it literally changed my life. And I saw all week long how these young Baptist kids came in there and they knew how to lovingly express their worship to God. And it was really neat. And I thought, boy, I, I like that. I, 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 I want to know more about that. That week I got saved, my life was changed. And so I kept going there, and I realized that something was missing, and I needed something more. And so I found another church that knew how to express their love to God. Now, it was a little extreme, so I went to this one church. And, and when I went in there, <laughs> it, it was way extreme, and I'm like... And, and and here and I'll be honest, I got a little judgmental then. They were expressing their love to God, but my point is this, and the reason why I got a little judgmental is because I got so conditioned the way I was. Are you getting what I'm saying? And sometimes if we get used to something so long, when we get a little bit of a change, it's a little offensive or we get a little judgmental. And all of a sudden, God says, uh, why aren't you worshiping? (laughs) But I remember what happened that day. It, It was like praising God. They were just praising God with everything they had. And praise is what we do to get God's presence to come. And then it switched to worshiping God. Worshiping is what we do after he gets here. Well, I think I got some things up here. Put this up here. Yeah, praise is what we do to get him here. And worship is what we do when he shows up. In other words, praising is singing about him. Worship is when we sing to him. But something incredibly began to change that Sunday when I was there. I saw him worshiping. Then they switched into this worship mode where they started to fall on their knees. And they lifted up their hands and tears in their eyes began to flow, something I never saw in my church. And they begin to cry out to God and say, God, I'm expressingly loving you and worshiping you with everything that I have. And again, that little judgmental spirit because of the way that I was conditioned all those years. And boy, it was a struggle, I'm like, whoa, I don't know. I'm like, my hand wanted to go up. No, yeah, no. You know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, God broke. And God said, if you quit looking at them and quit judging them, maybe it's time you need to worship me like that. And I fell to my knees that day. I didn't care who looked at me. I didn't care who saw me. Oh, my goodness. I lifted my hands and I said, thank you, God. Hallelujah, God, I've come to worship you. I've come to praise you. And my life was never the same. And now you can't stop me. I never want to go back. And so that's why today... We have worshipers in our church. That's why this morning you saw people lifting their hands. That's why this morning you probably see her clapping. That's why this morning you might hear a hallelujah, amen. I just heard a while ago, amen. You know, that's why we go through this. And so, what I want to do is, I want to take you to a powerful story that we've all known, we've heard many times, and it is Mary and Martha. We've heard this many times, but I'm going to pull out four things on how that we can stay close to God through Mary's worship to the Lord, okay? So let's go to this story here, and let's take a look at this, and we're going to set this up in John 12, verses 1 through 8. Now listen, then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was who had been dead. In other words, Lazarus now has been raised from the dead two months now. Where he was been raised from the dead, whom he had raised from the dead, there they made him a supper. Now watch here, Martha served. We know this, she was serving, that's what she was doing. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Now, let's keep reading. But, or then, Mary took a pound of very costly oil, of spikenard, anointed his feet of Jesus. And wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrant of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, "Why was this fragrant oil not sold for three hundred denarii and given to the poor?" And we know that why he said that he didn't give a rip about the poor. And this is what it says. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because why he was a thief. And he had take, or he had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said to her, or said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. Now, this is important here because many people don't understand the significance of this. Mary had no clue what she was doing when she was pouring herself out on the Lord here. It was custom back then when anyone would die that their bodies would be anointed, prepared for burial, And then they would wrap him in in burial cloths and then they would put him in the tomb. If you you read the story, no one wrapped Jesus' body and no one anointed him after they took him off of that cross. This is what Mary was doing. God was using Mary to prepare him for this cross. (coughs) Watch. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. Now, let's break this down. I'm going to show you four things that we can take from Mary's experience here, how we can all stay close to the Lord. Because I guarantee you in a group of people like this, there are many of you today that you may feel a little distance from the Lord. And maybe something I'm going to share can, can, can kind of bring out what maybe the problem can be. Because trust me, as I was preparing this, I found out even myself, there are times when I start to get feeling that God's not there. I'm not feeling as close to God, and I'm failing in one of these areas. Now, let's take a look at these. The first one, if you're taking notes, how can we stay close to the Lord? Number one, we have to learn to stop and sit with Jesus. Stop what you're doing. Man, we live in a world where there is distractions everywhere. Yeah. Am I the only one that gets distracted? My wife and I, we have been cleaning and, and taking, getting everything ready for summer. we got going to have our family over, but, <clears throat> but we're taking it to extreme because we need to get stuff done. And so and I, I tell her, I'm going to go out and, and mow the bank, okay? But on the way there, come on, guys. You, oh, I see something I got to do here before I get there. Oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. And before we realize it, it's been like five hours. My woman, like, what took you? Five, it took five hours. No, I found like five other things I had to do. I got distracted, so even from going. More, and this is what we do with God as well. You see, we need to be worshiping and sitting at the feet of Jesus. But before we get there, we get so distracted. See, Mary, Mary stopped and she sat with Jesus, and Martha could have did the same thing, but she didn't. She got caught up with the distraction from cooking a meal. And she could have done that all day long. She could have served all that she wanted. Let's go ahead and read this, uh, how she was distracted. Luke 10, verses 40 and 42. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with serving. There's nothing wrong with working. But we serve a God who must always come first. Okay, that's why when we teach tithing, it must be given first, then it blesses all the rest. Sunday is the Sabbath you're here this morning we are stopping our week and we have come to worship the Lord and him only and what's it going to do it's going to bless the rest of the week it's going to bless Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and then Saturday and then we come and we stop again on Sunday and say I'm going to worship just him so let's keep reading here but Martha was distracted with much this was a Sunday basically Jesus was in the house with them Jesus' presence was there But she wasn't stopping. She was going to continue to keep working like she does on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Now watch. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. And again, anytime Jesus says it two times, he's either upset or he's trying to get your attention. Martha, Martha, Martha. Okay? Okay? You are worried and upset or troubled about many things. But now watch. But one thing, only one thing is needed here. And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. So Martha was sitting with Jesus, worshiping Jesus, getting close to Jesus. What was she trying to do? She was trying to have a personal relationship with Jesus. She didn't care what was going on around her in that room. She was there to worship Jesus and Jesus only. Let me put it this way. And and when we think about serving, we say, well, serving, I got to do that all the time. There's nothing wrong with serving. But here's the problem here. Serving isn't bad. It's being distracted from God by serving. When you should be focusing on him. There's a time to serve others and then there's a time to worship Jesus. And this was a time to be worshiping Jesus because by the way, this was the first and only time that he was going to be with them. And he was there. And Martha got so caught up in serving. And by the way, in ministry, I've done it many times. How many of y'all done that? I can do ministry all day long, and forget about stopping and sitting with Jesus, and be so lost. Because it looks noble, doesn't it? You know, we we Becky and all of it we're doing VBS. It, we get caught up in work, 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 and then we call it burnout. We get to the place where we start to get well. You know why you're burnout? Because you st- you didn't stop. You never stopped and took time to sit with Jesus and absorb. You didn't stop and, 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 and take advantage of the Sabbath. You, didn't, you know what I'm saying? You didn't stop. We got to stop. You just can't be a human doer, 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 doer. You got to be before you can do, and you got to do before you can have. And that you can't get that out of order. And being is being the man of God, the woman of God that you need to be first, and then you start doing. Then, then you see, if they would have just worshiped Jesus, both of them here, then then after he left, then they could have then the serving would have been so much fun. You know, so, so much more fun to them. So, but again, Martha had Jesus in her home, but she missed the whole point. She missed it all. And again, Satan can use good things to distract you. From the presence of God. Oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. And it's all so noble, man. And, and, and you, could do, you could work your... I've met people who gets mad doing ministry. Those are people who are not stopping and sitting with Jesus. And that closeness is getting further and further. They're not doing it to please God. They're doing it to please either themselves or man. They're doing it to look better, or they're doing it to make people happy. And by the way, you can never, ever, ever please people. Let's just get that out of the way. So if you're doing something to please people, you're going to wear your You're going to be madder than a hornet. I, I, I remember, you know, hey, we can come in here, and, and I'm saying, hey, we're going to have a cleaning the church day. Nobody shows up, and I'm here vacuuming. A bunch of low-life people, I can't stand yet. I'm, de- I'm not doing it for God. I'm doing it for people. No, I'm going, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. I'm the only one here, so I get all the blessings. Hallelujah, thank you, Lord. I don't know. Just do what you want to do with that. But you understand what I'm saying? So number one, you got to stop. you got to intentionally stop and sit with Jesus. My wife and I, every morning, she's got her chair, I've got my chair. We sit with Jesus. And because this morning when I woke up at 5 o'clock this morning before I come and preach, I sat with Jesus at my chair. And because I sat with Jesus, I got close to Jesus. And when I was driving to church and I seen that stupid little paper that I wanted to throw out the window, he wouldn't let me. Why? Because I got close to Jesus. Had I not got close to Jesus, I thought, well, it it, it would bottle degrade you do with that what you want to do with it, but I'm telling you, that's how it worked for me. When you get close to Jesus, he'll talk to you. He'll, he'll, just, he'll just minister to you where you're at. That was for me and me only. That's for nobody else, okay? That was for me. And so number one, let's learn to stop and sit with Jesus and remove the distractions because they're going to come. Now, here's the second thing. If you're going to get close to Jesus, place a value on Jesus, how valuable is Jesus to you? How valuable is, is spending time with Jesus to you? You want to know why people aren't close to the Lord? Because they got so much more value on everything else. I don't have time. I don't have time for Jesus. I, 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 when I get, He gets always the last. And by the way, we serve a God that cannot ever accept second worship. Can't do it. He will share his glory with no one, no man, nothing. and and, but, But a lot of times we will get distracted and we will let these other things come in. He must be number one. How valuable is he to you? Now watch, I love Mary here because Mary's time with Jesus was more valuable than cooking. She didn't care what was going on around her. She wanted a personal relationship with him. And the Bible says that we need to have a personal relationship with him. There's a difference between knowing about someone and knowing them. I don't want to know about Jesus. I want to know him. And the Bible says that we need to know him. Let me go to the scripture here in John chapter 17, verses 3. This is eternal life. What we just did, the the, the breaking of the bread. This is eternal life. This is how we live, that they know you. Not know about you, Jesus, but that they know you on a personal level, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. He wants us to have a personal relationship with him. And this is what Mary was doing. Mary was saying, I want a personal relationship with you, Jesus. I don't want to just get to know about you. I want to know you. I want to to make you my Lord. I want to make you my Savior. And by the way, this goes for marriages too, okay? If you want to have a good marriage, and I know the word worship, you shouldn't worship, but that word worship really means love expressed, If you're married, you need to express your love to your spouse or it's not really truly loving them, okay? Now, you could express it all you want. You could take her to dinner. You could do all this wonderful thing, but if you never tell her or never tell him that you love him, then that's not loving him. That's not a marriage. Or or you, you you could tell him that you love him all day long, but never express it. You know, it's like the old, the, the, the gentleman, I think I told this story before about the, the young man who was married to the, uh, this, this, his father-in-law was in the boat. They were fishing together and he was married to his daughter and he looked at his father in and I said, mom, uh, dad, called him dad. He said, dad, I tell, I tell your daughter all the time how much I love her. I show her all the time how much I love her. He said, I've never heard you tell mom that you love her. Why don't you tell mom that you love her? He said, well, son, I told her I loved her the day I got married. If I, that's how I'm going to change my mind, I'll let her know. Okay. Okay, that's, that's, not, that's not expressing your love to your spouse right there, okay? I wouldn't recommend that. It don't work that way. Trust me, you'll end up by yourself. D-d-d- never mind, we'll just get off of that. But what am I saying? You have to place value on him. How valuable is spending time with God to you? Ask yourself that question. How valuable is spending time with Jesus? And have you done it this week? And if you haven't, you're going to be crying that you don't feel close to him. He can only get close to you if you get close to him. That's why he says, draw close to me and I'll draw close to you. He doesn't say, I'm going to draw close to you and then you draw close to me. We always have to do it on our own. Okay, we've got to go to him first on everything. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden. and I will give you rest. He, see, God's a gentle God. God's not a God's going to shove himself on you. He's standing there. He's waiting. He's right by you. He's not going to leave you. But if you want his presence in your life, you've got to ask him. Behold, I stand at the door not, God says. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, ding, 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 I'm coming in. But I have to physically un- open up the door for him to come in. Everybody understand? And so number one, if we're going to get close to the Lord, we got to stop and learn to sit with Jesus. Number two, we have to place value on Jesus. Make him number one. He cannot be number two. He can't be number two to the cleaning the house. He can't be number two to mow in the grass. He can't be number two to go on the camping trip. He can't do that. Make sure that he's number one first and everything else will go a lot better. So number two. Place value on Jesus. Now, here's the third one. The third one is stop listening to what other people are saying, for heaven's sakes. Man, I tell you what, (coughs) a lot of people don't worship the Lord because of fear that someone's going to say something bad about them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Love you, Jesus. I don't care what other people say. I care about what he says about what he thinks, because again, I'm not here to please people. I'm here to please my God, my Lord, my Savior. He's the one who I please. So this morning, if you want to lift your hand, just lift your hands. Just praise him. Now again, there are some of you, by the way, you're great praisers. You don't need to change a thing. You don't need to go more crazy with it. You just, you're doing good. Everybody's doing good. But then you got those way over here not doing anything. Come on. We can pick up the pace a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And so just get in your lane. Lovingly express your worship to God, whatever that is. I don't know if you just put your hands in your pocket and pretend like, okay, Lord, I'm going to praise you. Do the best I can. Hallelujah. You know, I don't know. You know, Open your mouth. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I love you. I love you. Pray. I don't know. Just express it somehow or another. But stop listening to other people because what they will do, they will try to shut you down. Because you'll you'll be trying to worship the Lord and you're you're thinking what they're saying about oh, they're looking at you. Oh, they can see something that they're not supposed to see. Oh, there's something wrong. You're gonna say something stupid. Don't open your mouth because they're gonna make fun of you. Listen, Judas was sitting there in that room. Mary, you're an idiot. You're dumb. You need to stop. You need to give this to me right now. You need to put it in a box. Mary said, I don't care. Mary continued. She didn't listen to him. She continued to pour herself out before the Lord. And even Martha was getting on. Jesus, tell her to help me. She didn't care. I am not here for you, Judas, and I'm not here for you, Martha. At this moment, I am here to come to praise the Lord and my Savior. Amen. It's okay. It's okay. And I love this John 4, verses 23 and 24. It says this, but the hour is coming, and Martha, or Mary found it. The hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers, have you worshiped the Lord this morning? I'm going to ask you, have you lovingly expressed your worship to him this morning? Will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. Ask yourself this question. Did I come in here this morning, and was I? did I remove my distractions from everything? And did I sit at Jesus' feet this morning? And did I place value on Jesus this morning? And am I not worried about what everybody says And Did I worship him? Amen. There's a lot of stuff that will keep us from worshiping him. And by the way, since I'm talking about this, since she just worshiped the Lord with everything she had, we also have to do this. Go and put this one up here, because God gave me this this week. Did I put a phrase up there? We got to stop, stop at looking at others and how they worship him. Amen. Stop it. Because this would be a distraction too. This was, what, this was my problem. I went to that church. And instead of me worshiping, I got caught up and looking at everybody else and judging them. Well, look at, <laughs> look at that! I can't believe she said that. That was funny. That was stupid. Did you hear? You know? You ever heard someone sing? Tried to sing and couldn't carry. I mean, they just need to the bucket. They don't need to be singing. But well, I get that. But you know what? God is a God that doesn't care. Amen. You Man, as as long as they're worship, as long as they're making noise, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna be telling I love my dad with all of my heart. My sister just says, yeah, bless his heart. My dad had the biggest heart ever. Ever. And you know what he did? He led worship in the church that I was in, all because nobody else would do it. He said, I volunteer, I'll do it. The guy couldn't sing a tune tone deaf. He stuck on one note and said, have thy known way, Lord, have thy known way. I can't even do it. I'm making notes there. It was, I was changed. He was good at it, but man, he put his heart in it. He put his soul in it, and when he did it, God honored and God blessed that man because nobody else was willing to do it. He said, I'll do it. Thank God we got a guy that knows how to do it. <laughs> but one day it may come to that. I don't know if you can sing, Ronnie, but we may have put you. I don't know. Somebody. I don't know. He could probably, he'd probably tear it up. I don't know. Put a, uh, Riley up here. I don't know. Let's move on. <laughs> but, but listen to me. We have to be careful that we don't judge. Because I was in that church, and I began to look at everybody else and begin to kind of judge the way they were. And we have to be careful. Because when you judge others, judgment will be brought on you. Let me read you this scripture here in Romans. uh, Samuel, did did I go? I didn't go to Romans yet. Let's go back to Romans. Go back to Romans. There you go. I'm sorry, I'm meshing you up back there. It's my fault. Romans 14, verses 10. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I had to get myself out of the judgment mode at looking at everybody else by well, how they're worshiping God. And I had to get down on my knees and begin to cry out before God. And God began to bless me. It's very, 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 very dangerous to be judging of other people worshiping. And I'm going to take you to a story here where there was a young lady by the name Michael. That was Saul's daughter. I don't know why he called her like man, but he called her Michael. I don't know. But that was her name, Michael. But Michael started making fun of King David. King David came in from one of the most victorious battles of his life. He comes in. God saved his life, saved every one of his soldiers' lives, saved the entire army. It was the greatest victory ever. And back then... Whenever you wore, when you wore your armor, that represented that your strength was kind of in that. You You was relying on that. But when you stripped off and you came totally exposing yourself, that means I am coming before God totally naked and exposed, helpless, and I have to completely rely on God. David took off all his armors and left his little shorts on, and Michael saw him and started making fun of him. Now watch what happens when you judge a true worshiper. Watch Second Samuel chapter 6 verses 16. Now let's go here. It says, "But as the Ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window. When she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt. Would you look at that? What an idiot! Doing that. I mean, she was making fun for worshiping the Lord. She was making fun of him. Think about this. For making fun of somebody for worshiping the Lord. Listen to King David's comeback. I love this. Let's go to the next scripture here. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 20 23, when David returned home to bless his own family, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. She said in disgust, How distinguished the king of Israel looked today. Shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. How shameful, how disgusting you are, King David. Let's keep reading. Let's keep going here. Is that glitching back there? Okay, David retorted. This is his comeback to Michael. I was dancing before the Lord, who chose me above your father and all his family, he appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I celebrate before the Lord. That's who I celebrate. I celebrate before the Lord. Let's go to the next one here. Yes, and I am willing to look even more foolish than this even to be humiliated in my own eyes if it's for god If I'm going to kneel, I'm going to kneel. I don't care about anybody looking at me. Mary went through the same thing. She didn't care what anybody thought. I'm just going to worship the Lord. And he said, that's what I'm going to do. I am here giving everything I've got because my God in heaven spared my life and all our soldiers. And we had the greatest victory ever. And I'm here to praise him, not you. But my own eyes, but those servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I am distinguished. So Michael, the daughter, now watch here, of Saul, remained childless throughout her entire life. Bareness, okay? Listen, she was barren. You want a fruitless life? You want a fruitless ministry? Just judge another worshiper. Why could she not have children? Because she judged a worshiper, King David on this day. And, and God gave me this this week because this is one thing I do know. That, put this truth up here. The least productive people that I know, now tell me, if, correct me if I'm wrong, the least productive people uh, for the kingdom of God are judgmental people that are constantly judging, people that are too busy looking at everybody else rather than doing getting down and worshiping God on their own. And if you do that, you will remain fruitless and barren in the ministry that you're trying to do. You will not be productive whatsoever. So I'm telling you, let's be careful. Be careful. Don't worry about what other people say. And number two, don't be judgmental of other worshipers when you get there. Because trust me, I had to hurdle over that hurdle when I I went to a a worshiping church. Because there's going to be people here, they're going to worship in their own way. You're going to hear things, you're going to see things. But listen, be careful. Be careful. Let God speak to you and say, why aren't you worshiping? At least they're trying. At least they're trying to do something for me. All you're doing is sitting here being critical and judgmental. So be careful. Don't be judgmental of other people because it could, it could cause us to be fruitless and barren in the kingdom of God. So number one, if we're going to get close to the Lord, what we're going to have to do, we've got to stop and sit with Jesus and remove those distractions. Number two, what we're going to do, Place value on him. He must be number one. If you're going to get close to the Lord, and he needs to know that he must be number one. And number three, stop listening at everybody else and keep your eyes on him, and quit looking at how everybody else is worshiping. And you find your lane and get in it. Worship however that you want to. I don't have a patent on worship. I like to lift my hands. I like to praise God. I like to I like to say Hallelujah. That's just me. Everybody worships different from one another, but find your lane. But in order for it to be worship, in order for you to understand how to get close to God, you need to become a worshiper in some fashion. And worship is what? Love expressed. It must come from a heart of love, and it must be expressed in order for it to be worship. Okay? And listen, if you have a problem with that, think about your marriage. You want your spouse to lovingly express it. You may get one and not the other. Trust me, it don't work. You don't like it. That's the way God is. It must be love expressed. So here's the fourth and final one. Pastor David, I'm wrapping it up. And this is the most important one. And this is where the world's struggling today. Because they won't do this. What I'm about to tell you, be totally dependent on Jesus. We live in a world right now where they don't want to be dependent on anybody. They're God to themselves. They want to make their own rules up. They want to set it the way they want to set it. They don't care about anything but themselves. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. I don't care about serving God. I don't care what he wants for me. I don't care if God told me to paint my, color my hair pink, I will do it. I hope pray, he never does it. But. No, I'm serious. Amen. That's what we need to do. And try, Well, I never hear God's voice. Get close to him. Most importantly, get saved, and you will. If you're not listening, and that's why the world can not understand. They don't know what they're talking about because they've never accepted Christ. How do you know what a steak tastes like if you never had one? If you never had steak, you don't know what it tastes like. So how do you know anything about our God? You never tried our God. You never tried Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Then quit complaining about him. Because I've made him the Lord of my Savior. He speaks to me. He talks to me. He's my best friend. And he tells me what to do. He tells me how to live. He exposes sin in my life. And he puts puts conviction in my heart. He never brings condemnation. Remember that. There's a difference conviction and condemnation. He will never condemn you. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, to condemn the world, but he came that the world through him might be saved. There needs to be a conviction, though. There needs to be a conviction not to throw the stupid paper out the window. I'm like, God, everybody else gets to. Why can't I do? Well, you're not everybody else, son. Listen to me. Now, I know I'm harping on that. Now, some of you all may toss a piece of paper. Please, that's not, I don't want to bring condemnation. It'll biodegrade. It'll be fine. But that was a lesson for me. Okay, don't anybody, because there's some, because I know you're going to leave here going, oh, my gosh, he's taking this thing way too far. You know, there's one thing about preaching I realize. 90% of what I preach, everybody's on board with it. And there's 5% that thinks I need to go further. There's other 5% that thinks I've gone too far. It's kind of like worshiping this morning. Some of you, you're over here in that 5% and you're good. You don't need to go any further worship. You're fine. You got it. And then you got the other 5% over here. You need to come on board a little bit. It's okay. So I'm just saying that. I need, so I, I live in that lane too. John 12, verses 12 through 13. No, God's good. Amen. Watch. The next day, a great multitude that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. We're talking about being totally dependent upon God here now. Remember. Took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him. This is when Jesus came into Jerusalem in his grandiose, triumphant inference or uh, entrance, right? They were waving palm branches, and they said something here. Watch what they say. Took palm branches, branches of palm trees, and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna! I'm going to come back to this word, because this is powerful. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. This word, Hosanna, is only mentioned two times in the Bible, in Mark 11 and John 12, right here. Two times, you'll only find it. It doesn't mean praise the Lord. It doesn't mean God's almighty. It doesn't mean hallelujah. It doesn't mean glory is the lamb of God. It doesn't mean blessed be the name of the Lord. You know what it means? It comes from two words here. Two words, put them up here. It comes from the word hosia, which means save, and Anna, which is now. All they were doing was saying, you're the only one that can save us. You're the only one. we got to put our total dependency upon you and you only. Hosanna. Save us. Save us. Save now. Save now. Save now is what they were saying. Save us. And, and, when, and he came riding in on that donkey, and that's all they, they, they began to say. They were declaring their total dependency upon him. And, and what I found it also in Psalm 118. It says it this way, 25 and 26. Save now, I pray, O God. Or Hosanna! I pray, O Lord, Oh Lord, I pray. sin now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. You know, worshiping is also crying out to God. When we come here and you lift your hands, if someone's got a gun at you and they say, "Put your hands up," you're surrendering, right? You're, you're saying, "Okay, I'm totally, I'm totally dependent upon you right now. I, I, my life is in your hands." Okay, that's what we do. That's what we do every time we come into the house of God. We lift our hands. God, I can't do this on my own. God, I have to be totally dependent upon you. I cannot do this. I cannot heal my own body. God, you can do that. I was at this funeral this week. And I looked at every one of them. I said, I can't heal your hurt. But I have to go back to the original manufacturer who created you. And he's the one who knows you. And he's the one who can. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Even Jesus cried out to his father when he was in trouble. How much more, if Jesus crying out when he's in trouble, how much more should we cry out and say, God, I need you, save now, God, Hosanna, God. Watch this, in John 12, verses 27 and 28, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? This is Jesus' word. Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. You know the best thing that we can do when we're in trouble is praise and worship the Lord. And cry out, Hosanna, 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 I need you. I can't do this on my own. I have to be completely and totally dependent upon you, Jesus. And no other person, no other thing, God, And so what's going to keep us close to the Lord when we stop and sit with Jesus and remove those distractions? What's going to keep us close to the Lord is whenever we place more value on him than any other thing in this world. What's going to keep us close to the Lord is stop listening to what everybody else is saying about you. You just get in there and you just lift your hands and worship it. And quit looking at other worshipers. You worship the way God created you to worship. You'll figure it out. You'll understand it. You'll know it. Holy Spirit, you'll know when you're at peace with this thing. Amen. And and fourthly, be totally dependent upon on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. No other one. I can only do all things through him, which strengthens me. I can't do it on my own. I'm totally dependent. This morning, I'm totally dependent upon God to do what we're doing today. I can't do this on my own. But here's one thing that I love what Ezekiel said, and it said it's so good, because every time that we come into this house, you need to be changed. That's why you're here. You didn't come for the good music. You didn't come for the message. You came. For Jesus to transform your life. You should not leave like you came. And Ezekiel understood this. And he gives us a type and a shadow here. And listen to what he says. He says this in uh, verse 46 and 9. Now I'm done. But when the people of Israel come before the Lord on the appointed feast days, whoever enters by the way of the north gate to what? To worship, to come into God's house to worship him, to lovingly express their worship to me, shall go out by the way of the south gate. And whoever enters by the way of the south gate shall go by what? The north gate. He shall not return by the way of the gate through which he came, but shall go out through the opposite gate. That's powerful. What Ezekiel is saying is, is he said, every time that we come into God's house, you should never leave like you came. If you come in this door, I want you to go out that door because that's different. If you come in the south door, I want you to go out the north door because that's a different door. I do not want you to come into my house and lead the same way that you came. But every one of us needs to have an encounter with God. How are we going to do that? Stop this morning and sit at Jesus' feet. Begin to place value on him. Stop listening to everybody else. Quit looking at everybody else. And you worship God. And lastly, say, God, I got to totally and completely depend upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Amen. Come on, you stand to your feet this morning. Come on, let's praise him. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. He's worthy of our praises. Amen. 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 Here's what I'm going to do. I want to give you a chance to just worship him. I know it's got a little bit late. Let's go ahead, and I want you right where you're at, I'm going to give you an opportunity to express your love to him before we leave. Right where you're at. This is how we're going to end. I want us to begin to play. And if you're here, if you feel like you want to lift your hands, maybe for the first time, do it. Forget about everybody else around you, but lovingly express your worship to Him and watch. God will come close to you. Watch the presence of God get close to you. You do your part and God will do His part. When you've done everything that you could do, then you trust God to do what you can't do. Let's worship Him real quick. Come on. Come on.